The Capo and Joe Podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. Welcome in, welcome in. Campo and Joe, and your NFL season is finito. I hate to say it, but your Jacksonville Jaguars are now into the offseason, and so is everybody else, including the world champion Kansas City Chief. Joe C. from XL Primetime, our head coach, Dave Campo, and we're just going to break it down because now everybody's season is over with. Yep. It's not off just, season. Not just the Jaguars. <laughs> Everybody. Unfortunately, season. the Jaguars were off season way ahead of where the last two were. Exactly. But we're going to look back at the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, I think the thing that we will probably do is refer back to what the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers were able to do to get to the Super Bowl. We're probably going to refer to that a lot during the offseason. But I asked the question on XL Primetime today, how many Hall of Famers were on the football field the other night? And I think it's definitely worth discussing that. And then to tie it back to Jacksonville, how many Hall of Famers are on this roster, potential Hall of Famers? Well, I don't think anybody's anywhere near that just yet. They're going to have to have spectacular careers for a long time. But that's where you want to be, man. That's the world that you want to live in. It's the world coach lived in when you were winning Super Bowls. Yeah, but you know what? We started where nobody knew who we were. The right. first year we, the, we won the Super Bowl that year, we had no pro bowlers on defense. Mm-hmm. The next year, we had something like six. Okay. So, you know, uh, some of it is the fact that uh, the Jaguars haven't done well. Uh, and then you got a bunch of young guys. It's a young football team still. It is. Uh, you know, m- most of the guys on this team were guys that were uh, drafted within the last three, four years, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's hard to tell who's there. Well, as an example, Travis Kelsey was drafted the year that Andy Reid came into right. Kansas City. 2013. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's over a decade. And this guy has obviously fashioned a Hall of Fame career. Patrick Mahomes, in the shorter amount of time, of course, has fashioned a Hall of Fame career. You might say the same about Chris Jones. Who knows when it's all said and done? But the bottom line is the construction of the franchise, top to bottom, is solid. Well, the problem that the Jaguars have, to be perfectly honest with you, is they have not done well with the draft since 2008. I mean, you know, and and I wasn't even fully, I just saw an article about it, Mm -hmm. and and. You know, I was gone. I yeah. left in 2008. Yeah. That was 2007 was yeah. my last year here. Yeah. Coach was here from five, six, seven, two, yeah. and two of three playoff from years. From 2008, there's only been like three guys that have uh, been on second contracts. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's that, ridiculous. That means that it's really been uh, uh, poor yeah. drafting. Yeah, it, and, it, it's ridiculous if you go from 2000, at least 2008. Until 2021, there was only one time that this team drafted outside of the top 10. Yeah, that's the other the first thing. Round. Go- that's correct, yeah. And it was Taven flipping Bryant. And there was a bunch of them in the top five that did not oh, yeah. pan out. So, you know, the drafting part, if you don't draft decent players, you're going to have a hard time developing. Yeah. When you, when you take them in the first 10... Yeah, you you ought to have a second contract with you those guys. You better believe it. You know that's I, that's the key. I'll just rattle them off real quick, just off the top of my mind, and not in order. Luke Jokel, number two overall pick in 2013, did not get to a second contract. Justin Blackman, we know how he flamed out. He was a number five pick overall. Dante Fowler did not get to a second contract, number three overall. Blake Boros, number three overall, got one year of a two-year extension, only lasted one year, 
after his original contract, and then he was gone. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Right. Jalen Ramsey, Hall of Famish level player, did not get a second contract. On and on and on. Caleb on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hend- Henderson. C.J. Henderson was a top 10 pick. I mean. Number nine overall. Yeah. And so the next guy that was number that was in the top 10 is Josh Allen. He came in after C.J. Henderson, and he has a ch- – or ex- excuse me, the year before C.J. Henderson. He has a chance to be one of the all-time greats for this football team, and we're going to keep an eye on how it's going to go with the, with the contracts. But he's really the biggest discussion point in this offseason. That's got to be move number one or, or, uh, or the biggest move. No question, because you can't let your good players go. And he's pre- proven even during the years where he kind of disappeared in a way mm-hmm. as compared to – 14 and a half sacks as a rookie, and then what it was, 17 and a half half now. He did have seven or eight or whatever it was in there. Mm -hmm. So the guy is a legitimate pass rusher. Yeah. And now he's proven that uh, in any given year, he can get you 17 sacks Mm -hmm. or 16. So you can't let that guy go, in my opinion. I think you have to pay the guy. Yeah, and and look, if, if we start going down the line, of the salaries that are out there for some of these guys, particularly the pass rusher, the left tackle, of course the quarterback, uh, and some of the other high-profile players that win you football games, you have to pay them. And you need someone. Let's just use the Super Bowl as an example. Both teams have dominant guys that are either coming off the edge or in the interior part of that defensive line. Nick Bosa, who came in the same year that Josh Allen did, and of course, Chris Jones. You can even throw Chase Young into this conversation. Absolutely. Because he was a number two overall pick. He was able to get to Mahomes a couple times in the first half. Bottom line is, Coach, you've got to have those guys crashing the boards. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you look at, I mean, just watching that Super Bowl game uh, Sunday night. Mm hmm. I mean, those guys were flying at the quarterbacks, both of them, both sides of the ball. I mean, both teams. And they were hitting hard. I mean, that was a that they were flying around in that game, and and people don't really realize the difference between the regular season and you get into the playoffs when it's one and done. It's a it it it's unbelievable how it kicks up, yeah. and you'd say, well, how can that be? The professionals they ought to be that way every game. But, you know, after the sixth, seventh, eighth game, some guys are starting banged up, getting hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, they know that they've got a chance to come back after one game bad. You know, you're going to, well, you don't have it in the playoffs. You're either there or you're not. And they have the week off. And so they get right. well. Right. And they get amped up. Yes. They really, really do. All right. So we're going to tie this back to Duval, but let's stay on the game for a minute here. The first half. Steve Wilkes and the San Francisco 49er defense had a plan to get to Pat Mahomes. They knew that they could get through that offensive line, which has been suspect at times, and get to him. They rattled him. They forced a turnover early uh, with the ball being coughed up in the red zone with uh, Paco Pacheco. And then they got got Mahomes on the ground at least twice in the first half and then also forced him into an interception. Uh, talk about the first half before we talk about what happened in the second. Well, the interesting thing about the first half, for which uh, eventually uh, he got away from, mm-hmm. uh, they they pressured uh, Mahomes forty eight percent of the time on dropbacks, rushing four. Okay, only in the four. first half, all the way through the third quarter, forty eight percent of the time. That's a pretty good percentage of putting yeah. pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, they did a great job 
winning the line of scrimmage. They kept him from making plays himself with his legs. Mm-hmm. They, they did a good job of pressuring without giving up holes to where he could run. Mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter, in the, in the f- start of the fourth quarter, they only were like 19% pressures on a quarterback. So he went to the blitz a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mahomes was five for five. You know, they just invites the blitz. But they did a good job of controlling the line of scrimmage, I thought, on both sides of the ball in the first half. And I think Kansas City rallied in the second half a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it's so hard to understand that you think you have a game plan and the personnel to control a situation, to control a quarterback as talented as Pat Mahomes is, and you feel like you've got a hold of this game. You're leading by double digits. You're going into the fourth quarter in control of this game. You're holding them to field goals. You're limiting their their opportunities. And yet it slips away. Yeah. The magic man, the maestro. I mean, I can come up Absolutely. with a thousand nicknames for, for Mahomes. And the ball has to bounce your way. Which it did. It, it did on that punt on that punt yeah. where he hit the guy and and you know, that's a quick touchdown. Bam. Yeah. I, you know, uh, the game, uh, again, comes down to three or four plays in the game that were so critical in the overtime when they ran the zone read. Mm-hmm. And he kept the ball on fourth and one, allowed them to come down and win the football game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it really, it's unbelievable when you have the parity that you have in this league, uh, whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs. It, it's just unbelievable. And that's why it's so difficult to to be a gambler. Mm-hmm. and be successful, as you can well attest, uh, gambling in, uh, in the, against uh, you know NFL football. All right, this is a little sidebar, and I will, I will tell you this, because I'm so hard-headed that I kept trying to figure out a way in my brain where Mahomes was going to lose. Yeah. And I kept thinking to myself, Tom Brady has lost in Super Bowls because of the pass pressure that the other team brought. The New York Giants did it to him twice. Of course, unbelievable plays from the quarterback and receiver in both of those games, but it was the pass pressure. And then when Tom Brady beat Pat Mahomes, it was also the Tampa Bay Bucks pass pressure. Right. Jason Pierre-Paul harassed him all night long. Right. So I looked at the offensive line once again as the weak link, and I'm like, I'm convinced. Bosa, Young, Armstead, all these guys. San Francisco all the way. And they did. They got to him, <laughs> and then they didn't get to him because Mahomes is magic. But I got to tell you this, Coach. I, I told you I'm a teaser man, okay? Yes. In life and in gambling. Right. Okay? I yeah. will fool you. I'm a teaser man. Yeah. And so anyway, I took the San Francisco 49ers plus four points and the Kansas City Chiefs plus eight points. Both teams getting points on my teaser bet. There's no way I could lose. Yeah. So in the end, I bet on Mahomes, there and I was go. happy. I like that. I was happy. I like that. All right. So I wanted to give you this number because – when we talk about what they're able to do in the fourth quarter, they were outscored in the first three quarters collectively coming down the stretch. They were minus 13 in point differential. They were plus 30 in the fourth quarter. When it comes time to win championships, that's when he comes through. That's when Mahomes' magic comes yeah, through. There's no question. I, and and uh, I, I'll tell you, I'm firmly convinced that there are some guys that can will victories in in big situations. Yeah. Not every single time, but when the game, like a Super Bowl, is on the line, I, that's the guy you go with. 
Yeah. And and uh, I, I tell you, he he just has a way about him that uh, he can figure out what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 can see so well the defenses, which is number one. Mm-hmm. He knows when teams are going to be playing man or zone to where he knows if he runs in those situations, he's right. got a chance to go if they're in man because their backs are against, you know, mm-hmm. he's, they're not seeing him. Right. And, and that's what separates him. He's such a good uh, looking at what the defense is doing and knowing how to take it away. Yeah. But he also has a coach that's pretty innovative and, and you know, pulled some, they had to run the ball a lot, uh, designated runs with a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Until they had to, and they and they did. They yeah. chose to do it against Buffalo coming yes. out of the half, right? When they were trailing to the Bills, and Josh Allen, he said, "Hey, Josh, watch this. I'm gonna start to run," right. and he did. He did it against Lamar. Yes, two two scrambling running quarterbacks. He did it against both of them, yeah. and then when he needed it in this game, he yeah, did. Yeah, the two the short yardage ones, the third down and the fourth down one were Unreal. the key. Those were huge. Okay, so we have. Talked about the Super Bowl. Now let's bring it back to the Jags and and the DNA of a winning championship level team like Andy Reid is constructed uh, in Kansas City. Doug Doug Peterson learned under Andy Reid. He knows what Andy is doing psychologically, playbook wise, preparation wise, all the things. He knows what he's doing. How does Doug figure out a way to duplicate that in Duval? Well, first of all, I, I, I think that uh, he made one move that he felt he had to make, and that's to change the defensive staff. Mm-hmm. Because you can say all you want that, that this is a throwing offensive league, mm-hmm. but in the playoffs, you better be able to play defense or you're not going to win. Yeah, And so, you know, that's the first uh, decision right there, because really down the stretch, even though we were struggling, uh, Trevor was hurt, mm-hmm. we were missing a couple guys. You know, uh, losing Kirk, all those things, the offense probably played well enough in those games to win, Mm -hmm. but the defense down the stretch uh, let them down. And so that's the first thing they had to do. They have to try to get that fixed. So Mm -hmm. uh, they made the move. Now, whether or not it's the right move or whether they get it fixed, I don't know, but they made that move. The other thing I think is, I, I really think that Doug maybe got away from his forte, which is offensive football. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, uh, you know, when you go and you give somebody else a play calling, you really become a CEO. And I don't think Doug's really a CEO. I think Doug's a hands-on. I agree. With the players, uh, get with the players, you know. So I would not be surprised at all if he didn't feel like he made a mistake and he takes over the play calling. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. Or whether he goes back to, I'll call it the first half, you call it the second half, or whatever he's going to do. But he has to do something there. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to, organizationally, what they do with free agency in the draft. Right. Because, uh, you know, we've struggled in the draft, as yeah. we've talked about. And and we need to get some players that have long-time, long-term uh, abilities. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be important as well, that we make the right picks. Because there's certain areas of the football team that need to be fixed. Yeah, it, 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 which means, hey, Trent Baalke, uh, we need some hombres, okay? There needs to be some big cats brought into this building. And that's not just with the top draft capital that he had and hasn't necessarily proven that he's gotten a whole lot of big-time players out of those choices and then the free agent decisions that he's made. 
we're, this team is probably going to be saying goodbye to a Brandon Sheriff, maybe saying goodbye to a Rayshon Jenkins. We're talking about guys that they brought in that were kind of expensive. Right. Foye Luakan, I believe, stays here. I think he's proven his leadership and his importance in the middle. Foley Fadakasi is probably going to be gone. There's a handful of free agents that are on this football team that they will have to make a decision on. But at the same time, to your point, Coach, The Campo and Joe Podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. Whoever you do spend money on, and there's not a lot to spend, you better get it right. Yep. Absolutely. Get impact guys. Yeah. And and again, uh, you know, I didn't know Trent Baalke when he was uh, at San Francisco, but he had a reputation of maybe not doing that well there. Mm -hmm. uh, they did get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Eric Armstead, one of the best players on the team, he drafted. Yeah, yeah. So it can be done. It, 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 they just have to make sure that uh, that they're, they're on top of every single guy and they've got to trust their ability to make the right decisions mm -hmm. there. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because I think that's going to be very important. Uh, you know, there, there's just to give you an example, there's probably six or seven tackles that are going to go in the first Ooh, round. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need offensive linemen. Now, yeah. whether or not it's a tackle or whether or not it's a tackle that can move to guard or whatever it is. Right. We need off. We need to win the line of scrimmage. And that's an area that they've got to really uh, hone in on. In yeah. my and I don't think there's any question that is suspect as the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line was. They still did enough at the right time to protect Mahomes or to get their ground game going to get them uh, to the Super Bowl and to the Lombardi. And then obviously the the 49ers offensive line as good as it gets. Well, you look you look at the, another perfect example is the mm -hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Great pass rushers, right? Mm -hmm. But their two inside guys are pass rushers, mm -hmm. so they can't stop the run. Mm -hmm. And then it became That's a the big issue. problem. Yeah, that in the big games when you get into the playoffs, yeah. you better be able to stop the run. Yeah, and then rush the passer, not the other way around. Yeah, it's a great point because yeah. that's that's ultimately what's going to lead you. You're going to have the balance and the ability to do something that the, de the defense cannot defend. You got to have a, a Henderson and Stroud inside uh, to, in order to win in the playoffs. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. Big baby and Big John. That just took Ab all those deep absolutely. Oh, took him back in time. All right, yep. real quick, before we go, they uh, Doug Peterson did make a decision to hire a running backs coach replacing Bernie Parmalee, who had been let go, part of the firings after the end of the season. Uh, Jerry Mack is the guy that's being reported to come in as the running backs coach. He comes from the University of Tennessee. He was up there on Rocky Top uh, with the Volunteers, 43 years of age. Uh, he has spent three years as an offensive coordinator going back in time at Rice, but was up there coaching up the running backs. And he has put some pretty good running yeah. backs into the NFL. They had a good year, too. Yeah. Uh, better than before he before he came there. They were not a good no. run team mm -hmm. since he's been there. And obviously, uh, you know, that some of that's offensive line, too. Mm -hmm. You know sure. what I mean? But but obviously he's done a good job. And, and I'll tell you, the, the, the times have changed. You know, we prided ourselves when we came into the league, six guys from the University of Miami coaching mm -hmm. staff, mm -hmm. that we were good teachers. And I believe that you become a good teacher on the college ranks because yeah. you've got to, maybe even starting in high school, but on the college ranks for sure, you've got to mold your guys. Mm -hmm. And and uh, 
So I would assume that this guy plus the house guy that came in at linebacker, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. more guys are coming into college from college football into the NFL now. And, and I think it's a good thing from a teaching standpoint, mm -hmm. because these guys, there's a lot of people think they just roll a ball out with these guys. You don't do mm -hmm. that. You have to coach guys. And that's how you develop is by teaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I guarantee you, and people, it's lost on people sometimes. They don't all walk in as five stars or first rounders. That's right. They've got to be developed. Yep. And that's what a coaching staff does. Well, who was it in the primetime show, uh, mm -hmm. Donnie Solinger, that mm -hmm. was on today, yeah. when he said there was a pyramid and how many NFL players comparison to 63,000 guys playing high school football. I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was. But at the end, there was only about 140 uh, guys yeah. that last more than four years yeah. in the league. So you don't have ready-made no. guys no matter what you do. It's a whole different one, one and a half percent pro guys yeah. in comparison to who's playing in college. Yeah. So and Find the hungry ones. Find the ones that work. Right. Okay. And then teach them. Yeah. The guys that will teach. And I, I've told you that Jimmy Johnson, when we first came in, the first four guys that we signed were all uh, guys that were pretty close to Rhodes Scholars mm -hmm. because the smart guys mm -hmm. can learn and develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and, and I'll put it on the on a T-shirt. Aptitude and attitude. Yes. Because you've got to have both of them. Yep. you got to have both. Uh, I don't know whether it's aptitude or attitude. Yeah, I'm not well, sure which one, but I know it's both attitude. I don't know what <laughs> the exactly aptitude right. part. That's the issue. Hey, listen, we had a great time. Thanks, Dave Campo, as always, for hanging out with us. Joe C, talk to you on XL Primetime. Campo and Joe, thanks for watching and visiting with us. Uh, and we'll be talking more Jaguar football next week. This presentation of the Campo and Joe podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air, faster, reliable AC service.